0: Let's go.
1: Welcome to Citizen, folks. Uh, we've got a special guest today, former college basketball player and host of AIM Podcast. AIM is Ambition in Mind, which I also believe is a business that you run. Uh, Doug Elks, nice to meet you, buddy.
0: Dude, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, man. I'm super, super thankful to be here.
1: Sure, yeah. So, uh, give me a little bit of background uh, on, you know, your upbringing, where you came from, and and how you got to where you are today.
0: Absolutely, yeah, man. I uh, so I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I grew up in uh, in North Carolina. It was, it was awesome. I from an early age kind of had to learn a lot and mature very, very quickly. I I grew up with. Um, an amazing mother, a mother that poured into me, led me, became a great friend, someone that I looked up to, worked tremendously hard. And I also grew up with a dad who was addicted to drugs, alcohol, um, really, really tough situation. And so I think early on, I had to really kind of just either accept that that was my circumstances, or, you kind of be a victim and make excuses and, and be so sorry for myself. And ultimately, I'm very thankful that through the incredible people I did have in my life that were doing positive things, I was ultimately able to just try to push through that, try to work hard. And I think that's what kind of put a fire in my heart from an early age to be someone that wants to help motivate people and inspire people and to help just understand that, you know, while we might go through tough times, there's a greater story that's working. And, uh, you know, we're just, that's just kind of the season that we're in. So kind of grew up with that situation. It was challenging, but Ultimately, I put a lot of time into basketball. Basketball is an outlet for me as a way for me to kind of get away from things I was dealing with and also just enjoy um, the sport that, you know, fortunately enough, led me to playing at the collegiate level at Western Carolina University, where I was uh, a captain on the team, a double business major and uh, ultimately graduated in 2021 started, uh, my first business ambition of mine. And now, man, I'm just kind of trying to figure things out, kind of build businesses, but also help people through, um, just having ambition and, and living life with purpose.
1: Yeah. With purpose is a good, uh, is a good way to live life. Um, I wonder, so since you're essentially fresh out of uh, university year, um, what was it like? Cause I, you know, it's been a while since I've been in college. Um, I went several times, but it's been a while, and I, my understanding is it's a little fucky these days with the uh, the culture and stuff.
0: Yeah, man, you know, college is interesting. I think there's so many tools that our generation has today that makes life really exciting. There's so many opportunities through social media, the Internet, different things that you can do now with all the opportunity. You know, college for me was a blessing because I, I had a dream and aspirations to play sports in college, and I, and I was very fortunate enough to have that opportunity to do so. Um, College is also where I, you know, started my first business and kind of learned a lot about just figuring out ways to be entrepreneurial while still in school. And so for me, it was a great experience. I was super fortunate to get to play college sports and learn a lot, um, you know, get to learn more about leadership and all the different things that I learned from basketball, but also kind of get my feet wet and uh, starting a business. But it's all I think it's it thinks one of those things man everyone's so different everyone has a different you know situation and what they're trying to accomplish but for me it was it was very beneficial um and just kind of setting me up for where I wanted to go and some of the doors that it opened for me to do what I'm doing now
1: mm. and how did you like Western Carolina
0: I loved it man you know I uh I didn't know much about the school until I was getting recruited to go there one of the, actually one of the coaches that recruited me in high school was recruiting me to Elon and mm. um when i was getting ready to when i was getting ready to make my decision for college he transferred um, the coach of western carolina with skip pro with skip prosser's son mark prosser and uh they they brought me on a visit i got to experience the culture there the southern conference in, in college basketball is a really really strong mid-major conference that typically will have a team or two that'll make it to the ncaa tournament and make some upsets so i was excited about the opportunity to kind of fit in um, to a really strong conference a competitive conference and the school's positioned in the middle of the mountains in, in western North Carolina and so um, it was beautiful man it's there's not a lot to do there if you're looking for a city life but mm. if you like to be outside and uh, enjoy nature it, there's a lot to offer
1: yeah where is it exactly western Carolina I'm not familiar it's in it's in Colby which is um,
0: a little less than an hour from Asheville, North Carolina. Mm. It's really close to Tennessee, and it's also positioned, like, right above Georgia. So we we would sometimes go down to Atlanta. I had a couple friends that played for the Atlanta Hawks. So it's only, like, two and a half hours from Atlanta. So it's it's in a pretty unique position, um, very, very far west in uh, the state.
1: Yeah, that's uh, – so we – before we moved here to Austin, we were in Wilmington. Um, which, nice. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed – I mean, obviously – the uh, the beach is nice, um, but it's it is pretty small. Same, I guess, not not quite as small probably as uh, where Western Carolina is. But um, <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, how 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 has that affected you business wise? Being in a small area, is most of your stuff online, so you don't really worry about it. Or are you trying to? You're in Raleigh now, right? So I'm I'm based.
0: Well, I live in Raleigh. I'm actually. I'm, fr- I'm from Raleigh. I moved mm. back to Raleigh after college, but this summer I'm living in Orlando, Florida, um, in a house with a bunch of influencers. I'm helping them with health and fitness and nutrition. They're helping me with social media and then we're working together on some projects, which has been a super cool blessing. But in terms of your original question of like, how's, you know, that, how did that area affect me? I started my first business, Ambition of Mine, in college. We were posting content on social media, but really I was learning how to like kind of go grassroots approach and I was we were selling merch out of my dorm um out of my apartment we we bought 54 t-shirts two weeks into like starting our our platform and I just put a snapchat up on my story um that we were selling shirts and we sold out in in the same day which was crazy but again it was a lot of my friends on campus we weren't using ads or anything like that and so a lot of my teammates would support they'd wear the hoodies and and we just kind of attacked that market um I think at the end of the day, if you want to scale a business, obviously you need to be in a bigger, I think you need to be in a bigger city or be leveraging social media or different Mm. places that have the ability to scale. But I think it was really good for me to learn and get my feet wet and kind of build somewhat of a foundation that I could then um, continue to build upon.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, That, that's all part of the process, right? I mean, just the good, the good thing about being in business young and, um, not necessarily having a bunch of startup capital is that you learn lessons pretty quickly or you don't succeed, right? I, I, sure. I see a lot of it. One, one of the fatal flaws of uh, Silicon Valley and one of the reasons they're kind of taking a dip right now and you're seeing all these layoffs isn't just, in my opinion, the broader economy where we're bordering on recession, but it's, uh, you know, the ability to spend your way out of problems when you're young as a business sounds like a good idea like if we only had capital we could fix this but um usually what happens is you don't learn the lesson you know what i mean and you end up sure. uh you end up making mistakes and mistakes at scale become big fucking problems you know what i mean that pretty much cripple your business
0: 100 percent, i agree with you and i think i think we live in a culture today where there's so many people that want to be entrepreneurs and strive for that and if that's what you're called to do and you really want to do it go for it but at the same time I heard someone else talk about this. Like you can't compare your day one to someone else's day a thousand Mm -hmm. or someone else's year 10. I think with social media, we see all these different people having success and we want to be there. But to your point, you gotta, you gotta learn, like you gotta, you gotta be in the season you're in and continue to grow. Not saying you shouldn't like strive for the moon, but like, I think it's important to, to scale accordingly. And I think a lot of times if you don't learn those lessons early on, when the stakes are smaller, it can really crush you later. So I think it's important to just be super mindful of that.
1: Yeah, we've got a uh, uh, saying in the military, aim small, miss small. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. uh, uh, you focus, you, instead of, like this is kind of graphic, but instead of focusing on uh, an entire human body, you're focusing on one spot on their body or even in hunting, I guess. Um, and maybe maybe pitching as well in baseball, maybe shooting a basketball. I don't know. I feel like that's just kind of you just shoot, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a principle that it's pretty, that, that applies pretty ubiquitously, I think. And it isn't about, it isn't necessarily about physics. It's more about focus. Um, and we do tend to have a focus problem right now. Um, and I think it is, I think it is because, I mean, think about it this way. So if you're in a fight, whatever it happens to be, whether it's a, a political campaign or, you know, uh, an information war with a foreign country or uh, a fight with a competitor in business, you can, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking the game is longer or shorter than it really is. Right. So, so think about it this way. If you, if you win the first half, that doesn't really mean shit. You know what I mean? Vax. Like if you spike, sure. if you spike the football after the first half, you're like, all right, cool, man. Well, there's still another half to go. And that that's a problem. You know what I mean? And you mentioned it comparing yourself to people that are farther along in business it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, um, you know, unless you're dealing with a super niche product, it, very rarely is it the case that somebody is going to be able to completely squeeze you out of a marketplace. I think people get paranoid about that stuff.
0: I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, one thing you said that kind of reminded me of this is kind of a big theme in my life and what we try to kind of bring into all the companies that we work with. It's like really understanding why you're doing it. Are you doing it just to purely make money? Are you doing it to hit X status or are you doing it because you have a genuine passion and belief in that the value that you're creating through X business or X product or service is really going to make an impact and change lives? Everyone has different morals. Everyone has different reasons for that. But I think if you can fall more in love with the the real genuine passion that you're building, I think it's going to take you so much further and it's going to help you overcome obstacles because there's no straight line in business. It never is a straight line. There's always dips. There's always turns. There's always side um, you know, side punches, people you don't, you don't see stuff coming. And I think you got to just, you got to be, you got to be able to build on a foundation that's going to endure those things.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's right. And that's why, you know, um, there, there's uh, there's a book called Traction that's really good that discusses a lot of this stuff. And the metaphor they use is, um, imagine your, your business is a giant stone and you're trying to get it rolling forward, right? Um, it's going to take Quite a bit of energy in the beginning to get it moving, but once it's moving at a pretty steady pace, you can pretty much keep it moving provided you're looking ahead and making sure you're not running into roadblocks and stuff, and that you're continuing to put, you know, the necessary amount of energy. Uh, and the other lesson from that is that <clears throat> while it's hard to get the thing started, uh, and it, then it becomes easier if you let it. If you let the momentum stop, it you have to restart all over again, right? And that's sure. that's always a big problem for people. I see a lot of businesses get fucked up that way just because you know uh they're they're not i guess not putting in the necessary effort but the the you know in a startup really what you want to be doing is trying to work yourself out of a job right you want to hire per- like people that actually know what the fuck. I, I want to scale my businesses to a point where i need to hire somebody that knows more about doing that than me to run that thing you know what i mean that should be a goal
0: it's, it's, it's a really smart way to look at it we were fortunate to have uh, Nick bear. I'm not sure if you know, Nick, you probably know, Nick being in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, awesome guy, military guy. He's a super successful founder of BPN. He talks about it all the time of like really good entrepreneurs, really good founders hire people that are way better than them in every department and can make the business better. If you're better or more qualified than the person you hire in that role, you're, you're not maximizing the potential, you know, what you could do in that spot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you mentioned, um, some of the uh, adversity stuff in your in your childhood um yeah it's uh it it can be uh, you, you, ultimately you get to decide right i mean no matter how bad the situation is uh yes. it, it is always going to be up to you i like to tell people that the only things you can really control in life are your attitude and your effort everything else circumstance uh force majeure that stuff's going to happen mm-hmm. there isn't much you can do about it um but you were able to I guess turn some of the uh the shittier parts of your childhood into lessons right tell me about that um tell me about kind of how that went for you and then how I guess you leveraged that not just into the business stuff which we've talked about but you were also a leader on your on your basketball team in college right
0: for sure, man, I, you know, this is one of the things I, I love talking about the most because it's so, I think it's so relatable. I think every, every single person on earth with the day you're born till the day you die, you're going to go through hard things. And for, you know, it's all relative. It's all different. Some people are fortunate that they don't have to deal with certain things that some people do, but at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you're going to deal with adversity. You're going to deal with things that are challenging you and that are going to make you uncomfortable. And I think I can confidently say now that at, you know, I'm 24 years old now, obviously, I hope there's a there's a long life ahead of me that's gonna continue to push me and continue to help me grow. But to this point, I can confidently say the most challenging seasons of my life, the the hardest days dealing with my dad, dealing with the different things I dealt with have been the biggest blessings because without going through that, I'm not in the position I am now and I, I'm not equipped to speak on it or to help or to to bring value to people because those are the seasons that that grew me to where I am. But to kind of see your original question, I think, one of the best things to do is is to find out, you know, why are you doing it and who are you doing it for? And, mm-hmm. and for me early on, that was putting my faith in Christ. It was it was my faith that ultimately got me through it. And I think as a society, we are in a position right now where a lot of people want to take God out of the picture. And, and I'm not here to evangelize or to push, you know, anyone's beliefs or change anyone's mind here, but I'm just sharing my perspective and what I believe, you know, that's what got me through those times. And I think a lot of times we, we deal with things um, in different ways. But for me, I was like, listen, this is my situation. To your point, like you said, you control your attitude and effort. I can either sit here and sulk in it and be like, man, my friend's dads are playing basketball with them in the driveway. My dad's in the bed because he's hungover and, and he's, he's high on drugs. You know, I got to choose that. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to your perspective too. You know, while that part of my life wasn't what I maybe envisioned, I was breathing and I had another opportunity to be better than than I was. And so it really put a lot of just kind of a heavy burden in my heart to help people and to inspire people and, to, and hopefully make an impact big enough where they're not gonna have to go through this, some of the things I went through. But my biggest encouragement to anyone listening, if you're going through a hard time, keep your head up and understand that all things come to an end. All There's no season that lasts forever. And maybe, just maybe the season you're going through that's challenging you is gonna equip you to come out on the other side better and stronger to then go out and help more people deal with something that you dealt with.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh... Yeah, here at, at this show, we like to say if you can turn your pain and suffering to, into empathy for other people, you can save your life and theirs, right? 100 um, Which is, you know, that's just the basic lesson of life. It, it's it's no different. It, it just happens to be applied here to, to that. But in reality, it's everything. Like any, any anything you do in life, um, like learning a skill, you know, that sucks, uh, maybe it takes time or... or you know, functional fitness or diet or anything like that. A lot of it is trial and error because we're all a little bit different. Um, But the insights that you glean from that process are what's really important. You know what I mean? And the ability to package those in a way that people can understand uh, a way that you can articulate to them that motivates them, I guess. Um, So I wonder you're 18 when you got to school the first time, you're already kind of driven by ambition and stuff, but not every 18 year old's like that. A lot of kids don't know what the hell they're doing or they're just kind of you know moving forward through life but it's almost like they're stumbling forward you know what i mean so when you got when you got to school when you got to your basketball team on the first day of practice what's that dynamic like for somebody like you that has probably had a little bit more adversity than most but you're stepping into a situation where uh you know let's be frank a lot of people uh, uh don't have that experience for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, for me, man, you know, even even before stepping on the, the college team, like I was I was always I kind of brought to the service as a leader and, and all the teams I've been a part of. I think it's just I enjoy I enjoy bringing the best out of people or attempting to. And, and I hate when people don't reach their potential and I hate when people are, are, are missing what they could they could fulfill or they could do. And so that's kind of been a big thing for me. It's like I, I lived so much of my life seeing a man who was supposed to lead me miss such an opportunity and waste so much time. And I just, again, I'm not perfect by any means. I have days where I'm not motivated days where things are more challenging, but like, I was like, how can I bring out the best in others to try to maximize their life? And, um, you know, stepping into the college ranks, even as a freshman, it was, it was a challenge for sure. It wasn't easy. I think, you know, you kind of have to earn your respect. I think one of the best ways to earn respect from people is your work ethic and your action. You can talk a big talk. And I think it's important to use communication to help, um, Back up the messages you believe in. But at the end of the day, if you're not living it out, if you're not actually putting the work in, people aren't gonna, you know, they're not gonna believe you, they're not gonna, they're not gonna follow you. And so I tried to, I just tried to outwork everyone. That was my goal. I was like, listen, guys, we gotta do this together. We all go to work, but my goal is to always show up at the gym before everyone. It was always to leave later. Saturday night, the guys are going out and it's good to have balance. I was in the gym getting shots up. I was like, I just want you guys to know what i tell you guys when i talk about i'm not just saying it i really mean it and i just want to be i just want to be the best teammate i can be to you guys i want to make you guys better and if that's by leading by example and influencing you that way let's go and i think throughout the course of my career i was able to get more vocal in relate in in addition to my action and it was even more effective but i think early on it had to really be driven and led by action
1: and what did you notice from um like because i've been in situations like that before i had a my upbringing wasn't the best. Um, and then I was around people who were older than me, you know what I mean? And, and positions of, I guess, relative authority compared to mine, but, you know, I found that people were coming to me with things just because I had, you know, a bit more season, I guess, when it comes to that kind of bullshit.
0: For sure. And, and kind of to the, kind of to just extending off the point I I made, it was like, your your most position. I actually heard Ed Milet talk about this on a podcast. Your best position to help the person that you once were, and so people once they know your story, once they know the things you've been through, and they respect you enough to come to you for help, that's a that's a huge honor. And for you to have the opportunity to be able to pour into them and you know share your experiences or the things that you went through, I think it's it's such a special thing. And I, I truly that's one of the biggest things that fulfills me. And so anytime that opportunity arises, I'm like I'm super eager to to give anything I possibly can to help that person that, that needs it.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people feel weird about, um, giving advice at some point when, once they become successful, it's like, well, who am I to tell other people what to do? It's like, that's not really what you're doing. You're just kind of sharing the story. Right. And people are gonna, People are going to you I mean, obviously you try to make a point with it, but ultimately people are going to take out of it what they take out of it. And that's, that's kind of the nice thing about it, to be honest, because <clears throat> there are no two situations that are identical. Um, and you know, having a breadth of experience is a really nice thing to be able to share with other people so that they can kind of wedge it into their lives where it makes sense.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. I think your intentions are very important and you know, being humble and, and having humility and knowing that you don't know everything, but like if your intention is to just give that person all that you possibly can at that point in life where you are with your circumstances, with the experience you have, and you're just trying to help them, I think that's that's kind of the best we can do. Um, but I agree with you. I agree with you. Everyone's gonna take different things from it, you know. It's just like what are you willing to do? Are you willing to be that um, that help for that person? I think it's really important.
1: What do you think it is to be a leader exactly?
0: I think there's a lot of really interesting ways to break that down. Um, You know, what I've seen is a good leader and what, what it really means to be a leader is someone who can understand the mission and not only understand it themselves, but get everyone else on the same page to work on that mission together. And, you know, that's one of the most challenging things. I think for a lot of people, especially young leaders is figuring out how you know, everyone's motivated differently. Everyone receives information and processes information differently. It's how can you, how can you instill, inspire, impact, encourage action from the people that you're, you're surrounded by the people that you're leading to come together, to fulfill one objective, one goal that you guys have collectively decided is what you're aiming for. Because I think a lot of times what good leaders will do is they'll understand that they'll understand how to pull different triggers or different levers for different people to bring out the best in them so they can attack that same goal um but the best leaders i've been around have been people who have been incredibly um empathetic but also very very good communicators at really making the point of like this is what we're going to do and everyone has a part and everyone has a role and it's all different no one no two people have the same role and we're going to come together and put this puzzle together to accomplish this thing and really getting that buy-in, I think those are the best leaders.
1: Sure. Um, about getting the buy-in, there's an old phrase or an old, old statement from, uh, uh, I believe it was a first century Roman historian. And he said that men didn't love Rome because she was great. Rome was great because the men loved her. You know what I mean? So the having the buy-in from people is probably the most important part, but you have to have a clear, concise message. There's a reason that the military in the United States right now is failing their recruiting goals. And it's because nobody really knows what the fuck's going on. Nobody trusts leadership, nobody trusts the uh, the mission. So yeah, I, would, I, I think understanding the mission is something, and, and we use this thing in business, we use it in a lot of different ways. We use it in the military as well, <clears throat> but, uh, the mission statement is probably your most important tool there, right? Because it's a very clear and concise and brief statement about what exactly we are trying to do here. It's more than just giving somebody a task to accomplish, and it's more than showing them even the entire roadmap, right? Uh, it is about the intent behind every action. So when I was the VP of Marketing at Black Rival Coffee, our mission statement was, our mission is to serve coffee and culture to people who love America, Right. And I would, I would instruct my employees, like anytime you're making a decision in this company, big or small, is the decision, is the way I'm attacking this problem or the decision I'm making right now, does it support that? Does it support that mission statement? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause then what you do is you create more leaders. You create people who can think freely and because you you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're micromanaging people, because that's, that, that obviously doesn't, doesn't by definition, it doesn't scale, but, um, it also hinders creativity so you know if you're able to tell people that and tr- have them truly understand it then they're going to start making independent decisions that uh you know make them better make your company better
0: for sure I, lo- I love that and i love the application you you provided there i think buy-in is something that i've been extremely curious about like there's obviously so many different dimensions and, and elements to leadership but you know throughout the different people i've been able to you know i've been fortunate to connect with that are strong leaders that's a that's a huge topic that i think is really interesting it's hard to you know if you have someone who excels at a certain area of what they do but maybe they're not the hardest working person on the team but they have influence because they are skilled at what they do you know you take a basketball team for example We're going to use this example like maybe one of the best players on the team has an incredible skill set, but doesn't have a work ethic to back that up. And so, some of the other guys are drawn to the influence of the skill that that player has. But maybe they start to create bad habits because they want to be like that player. But he doesn't, you know, represent what it truly means to be in the gym and get the shots up and get in the weight room. And so, how can you how can you get that buy in from people? And I think to your point, you you said it really well. But I think it's also like establishing what is our what is our goal that's bigger than ourselves because everyone can have their individual goals on the team. And, but like, how can you get people to really, really be poured into and really bought into like the vision that's bigger than every single person individually, but like, it's the thing that ties everyone in collectively. That's, I think, super interesting to try to unpack and really just, you know, figure out how to accomplish.
1: Well, I mean, it starts with hiring and recruitment, right? I mean, you shouldn't, you should certainly develop your uh, mission statement around the intent of your company. Uh, and that isn't to say you won't pivot at some point either. Right. Because, you know, sometimes you do that in business, but uh, you definitely should never hire somebody who doesn't share your mission, who who doesn't truly understand and support the mission statement. You know, you I think that's a good part of the interview process that a lot of people don't do well um, in business. I, I've been interviewed quite a bit for things. Now I do some, you know. Consulting on the side for stuff like that. People will reach out to me and ask me about certain candidates for certain types of jobs and stuff. And I'm like, Had, did you even ask them? Did you tell them what your mission statement is and ask them to tell you what that means to them? And they're like, well, no. I mean, that's something that we do on the in the onboarding process. I'm like, well, it's too late, right? Like you've hired sure. this person now and you don't even know if they fucking support the shit you support. What's the point of that? Like that, you, you, you wouldn't do that. I mean, the, the Lakers did that last year when they brought Russell Westbrook on and it didn't work out very well for him. Um, that's a great great point but yeah it's like you should never hire somebody and i would <clears throat> i would say even if you're in a business where you're using um, vendors or co- consultants or even just partnerships i'm not sure you should really venture too far outside of that mission statement for those folks either because things can get problematic you know what i mean pretty quickly for sure
0: no i, I mean i think anyone who touches who touches it should should be hundred percent on board and and on the same page i think that's I think that's where it's like okay you have a strong wall but once you have a little crack like once you have a little crack things can go really really bad and while at the beginning it's just a small crack that small crack will then grow and then turn into a whole break and i think that's you know how can good leaders how can good leaders keep the wall from from cracking and keep keep away the people that are going to try to get in there and and change the vision change the mission go against the you know what the team believes so there's also very like that's a, that's an interesting part of leadership that i don't talk about a ton but you kind of brought it to my mind it's like there's a there's a huge positive part about like bringing the best out of people and bringing people together but there's also a relatively interesting component of like the defense that, that a leader has to kind of endure to to protect the team and protect the mission um in that way as well
1: yeah 100 percent. i mean it's uh it's almost like Um, not, not in the way that, uh, purple, purple haired protesters use the phrase now, but it is a bit patriarchal, right? I mean, it's, it's your role as, uh, the, uh, I guess, I mean, if you're a, if you're a business owner, whether you're a man or a woman, you're a provider, right? You're providing jobs for people and you have to look at it that way. You have to, you have to almost look at them as if, um, not, not in an infantilizing way or in a, a denigrating way, but they're like, uh, your children, right? Or... Uh, uh, I guess you could just say that they're people that you're responsible for, without making it sound like you're calling them kids or whatever the fuck. Uh, but it is true that you're responsible for those people, which means you know what it, it, it means that sometimes you're going to have to do stuff you don't want to do. Sometimes you're going to have to do all your work and then also go mentor them and help them do their work. Um, but the goal should be, and this is the this is the case for anything, whether you're uh whether you're somebody who does uh, uh, functional medicine or whether you're somebody who does, uh, um, psychiatry or, or leadership or whatever it is, you're trying to, you know, you don't want a customer for life. I think that's, I think that's a very, uh, immoral way to go about these things. What you're trying to do is improve somebody to the degree that they can go out and improve other people, right? Especially within your own business, because that's just going to make your business better. But I think in life, that's really important to do as well, because, the reality these days is that people aren't going to work for you for 25 years it's not going to happen right but we are all the recipient of the collective effort we put into society you know what i mean we have to deal with that shit. the the things we've allowed to happen to our education system we're all we're dealing with it right now and it's all our fault it's nobody else's fault but ours because we let it happen but the good news is that you can change that stuff right with your effort the more you do the right thing the easier it gets to do the right thing and and, and people notice and, and they'll start doing the right thing.
0: hundred percent. No, I, I completely agree with that. And, uh, it's, I think even myself sometimes like every, every single action that we, that we take, you know, has, has a consequence, good or bad. And so it's like super, it's really important to be thoughtful of that. And, uh, you know, not, not paralyzed by that, but also just, just aware, aware that, you know, what can happen down the road and, I think when you go about it with the right heart posture, with the right intentionality, like you can, you can make some really successful decisions. And hopefully, you know, as you continue to grow as a leader and as a person in that position, like you can, you can really make change in a positive way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I one of the one of the principles of this show is that, um, and and the reason I said like not everybody is going to be a natural leader, but um, I feel like people who are opting in, who are choosing to find the show and listen to it. At least have that on their minds right um, most of the people that watch the show are, are dudes but a lot of parents out there a lot of people in the military first responders but also just a lot of ordinary folks who are going through life you don't you're, you're not a leader because you're in a leadership position you know what i mean it's it's your actions that make you such um and we see that uh a lot these days but one of the principles of the show is no matter where i am i'm going to be a leader and as a leader i eat last right so you think about other people before yourself. There's a really good, uh, book by a guy named Greenleaf. It's called the servant as a leader, right? Or servant leadership. There's a, there's a couple of different publications, but essentially it is, it is that it's teaching people to lead and kind of, uh, like there's this idea of lead from the front. You know what I mean? Which makes sense sure. in, in some ways but I like to think of it as 360 degree leadership because whether you're in charge of something, I mean, in business, you're going to have project managers on your team and you may not even know what the hell's going on with their project. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't be a leader there. Ask them questions like, Hey, how are you doing? Do you need any help? Blah, 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 whatever. There's all these processes to go through, but the point is, it's not about you. You know what I mean? It's about the mission ultimately. And it's some, it's why I like hiring veterans because they typically already know that. And for some people that haven't had, who haven't played organized sports or something like that they don't really get it you know what i mean it's hard for them to understand that your skill and talent and effort are one thing but your ability to motivate other people and take care of other people is a big part of what it means to be in a successful operation whether it's a business or anything else
0: yeah i agree i love that and i think it's so interesting how we're all called to do different things in this life and there's people that are supposed to you know called to be founders entrepreneurs or people that are called to be leaders some people are called to to just come up be a part of the team and and, and bring that unique value that they have that's specific to them their skill set their ability their experiences and make the team better and i love what you said about that because i think we do live in a world where at least in my generation it feels like with influencers with people starting brands through social media it's like everyone wants to do it And that's great but at the end of the day we need people that are just wanting to buy into the mission and no matter who you are if you're listening to this you're going to be a part of a team in some capacity some shape or form um and it's like how can you be the best how can you bring out the best in the team no matter if you're the most vocal leader at the top or if you're just someone that's you know plugging into your unique role
1: yeah tell me so um in that vein um you've got the aim podcast, which is uh, ambition in mind. Tell me about that. And what, what you're like, well, it, you said it started as a company aim, it started as a company and then you kind of pivoted to a podcast, not pivoted, but it did, added a podcast. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah. So there's two kind of sides. So f- first off con from, from a context standpoint, I absolutely love podcasts. It's been such a unique, um, form of relationship building that I've seen in, in my life. It's been so much fun to just get to know people, hear people's stories, and then get a chance and opportunity to share that uh, conversation with others to hopefully benefit and bring them a value as well. I've been doing podcasts since high school. I started my very first one called the charge and I was literally just recording conversations on the, on the voice memo on my iPhone um, with my friends. And I was putting it on SoundCloud and like I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, man, this is super fun. I really hope I can encourage someone through this conversation. Fast forward to college. Uh, I'm getting a chance to play college basketball, still um, still loving podcasting and uh, 20, 2020 hits, COVID hits and we get everything gets shut down. We go home. And I think it's so cool to see all the blessings. Obviously, there's a ton of adversity that we that we went through during that year, but I think it's cool to see all the blessings that come out of those hard times. And I truly felt like God put it on my heart to start a platform, to bring people together, to encourage people, to, uh, you know, just not fall victim to their circumstances. And that word for me was ambition. It was a word that I've always lived by. It's a word that's meant so much to me in my life and what I've dealt with. And so we put it together. I was like, you know, where does. The word ambition truly starts, and it's got—it's a choice. Ambition is a choice that, that starts in your mind. You have to mentally declare it and say, "Listen, I'm going to choose to be ambitious today." It's not a thing that your circumstances don't don't matter. Like, no matter what you're dealing with, you can choose to go after it with a with an ambitious mindset. And so, I felt called to start that platform. We were doing merch. We were doing like just made t-shirts and stuff. We were creating content on social media, motivation Monday, workout Wednesday, food Friday. We were trying to really equip people and bring value to people's lives to enhance and improve their quality of living, um, through mindset and health and nutrition and fitness. And, uh, and then we obviously rebranded the podcast I had at the time to the aim podcast. And it's been a really special platform, man. You know, one of the biggest things that we built that, that community on is, is is community actually is it's like bringing people together to share this mission and to see how many people we can get to buy into it to then go out and be a better version of themselves and affect the people around them and so we've been super fortunate i think we're like a hundred and 18 episodes into the, into the podcast. We've, you know, we're about to revamp our merch We're we're trying to do more community, um, activations and meetups around different cities. So there's a lot of really cool visions for that project. And it's just predicated on helping people just become more ambitious and and be the best they can be.
1: And, um, so you say that from your perspective, ambition means, uh, making a choice, right? I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, dreamers out there and significantly fewer doers right um there are a lot of people who i mean i i to me it's like people who play the lottery you know what i mean they're just kind of hoping for the best like you know what i'm and and they i've i've known people like this they kind of sit around and think about how they're going to spend all the money they're going to make uh, well, you know what I'll do when I, when this happens, I'm going to buy this and buy this, like, well, you, you better go work first, right. And do <laughs> sure. like, like make the money or at least have a plan to make the money first. So for you, the key part of ambition is, is the action part then.
0: hundred percent. We, we take, we have a tagline where we say it's a, it's a mindset that creates a lifestyle. And I think, I think it's the action. You're hundred percent right. The action is what actually does it, but without that conscious decision in your mind to say, listen. No matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what I'm going through, how, how good life is or how bad life is, like I can make that decision to go just try to get better. Even if it's a little bit better every day, it's like that's the decision you have to make mentally. That mindset, those mental decisions will then flow into your action and then you got to go put in the work. Like, But you, got, it has to start in the mind. And I think we live in a world where there's a lot of weak mindsets. And I think a lot of people just... It's the mind is such an interesting place and and I'm obviously I'm still developing and, and growing as a human and I've been through some really challenging times that have definitely helped me grow a stronger mindset. But just like going to the gym and, and increasing your bench max, how are you every single day increasing your mental strength? And I think some of that is intentional suffering, obviously not in like a harmful way, but like ice baths, Mm -hmm. doing things that are pushing you in your fitness, like how can you challenge reading a book? If you don't like to read, go read a book, like do stuff that pushes you out of your comfort zone and watch how that translates and impacts your life. And I think those small decisions add over time. And then you'll start to see real change in your life. But I think it all starts in your mind. Sure. And uh, you have to be intentional about it.
1: This episode of citizens also brought to you by Ghostbed. Dot .com forward slash drinking bros right now ghost is offering 40% off ghost bed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base for everything else 30% off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros if you get the uh, 40% off deal if you use the 40% off bundle deal you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff your base your sheets your pillows all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months, that's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink your bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket, they have everything you need there, 30% off everything. Use the code DRINKING BROS at ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. This episode is also brought to you by First Form. Firstform.com forward slash Drinking bros. The product they really want you using is the Micro Factor. It's a complete daily nutrient pack. Now, what's in it? Antioxidants, CoQ10, great for heart health, multivitamins. Uh, greens and reds, which is to say fruits and veggies. Then EFA, which is to say fats that you need. And then they got a probiotic in there as well. It's an easy little packet. You just dump it all in your fucking mouth and swallow, uh, probably with some liquid, preferably water. Um, they got all kinds of other great products as well. Uh, talking about those meat sticks, the breakfast sausages, meat stick is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And, then of course, they have energy drinks. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. They got great protein. The best supplements on the market. If you spend over 75 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. So go to firstform.com forward slash bros and get those deals. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to the question I was going to ask we had a little, uh, pause there. Um, are there any techniques you use specifically to kind of keep yourself focused on your goals? Do you make lists? Do you make, uh, like, you know, a task list with a date associated with it? like, I want to get this done by this time period or what, 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 how does that work for you?
0: Yeah. From and this is something I'm still, I'm still developing and tweaking the system, I'm trying to figure out what works for me. I've, I've had some really strong mentors in the space that I'm in that have helped me kind of share some of the success tools that they've had. But right now I've got my aim, ambition to mind platform, the podcast, all the other things we do there. I have a consulting business where I work with brands in the health and fitness space, helping them with marketing tactics basically the two main objectives are to increase revenue and also decrease brand awareness and exposure for the product or service that they're trying to deliver. And then I've got a supplement company. So I've got a lot of different kind of things going. So the way that's been successful for me to accomplish and try to get things done is I have a master to do list every single day, but I also have micro to do lists of each of those different projects that I'm working on. And I prioritize those do those to do lists by, um by, um, the, uh, the, the time that it needs to get done by the, like, what's most important. I prioritize it by what, what, what has to get done today. And then what are, if I have extra time in the day, what else can I be working on to get ahead? And so that's kind of been a system that's worked for me. I try to get up in the morning and knock out that list. Sometimes even the night before I'll, I'll start that to prepare for the next day. But that's kind of been my, I guess you could say more tactical way of just trying to attack the organizational side of what I do. But I think for anyone who's trying to like get in a better routine or trying to figure out more ways to be successful, kind of going back to what we were talking about, it's like, yes, if it's a, if it's an ice bath, if it's a going for a run, if, if you're not a runner, if it's reading a book, it's like, how can you and in the confines of something that's a very positive thing that's gonna help you grow, how can you find discomfort? And how can you get to that wall where your body or your mind wants to stop? And how can you, how can you experience that as many times as possible um, and then and then learn how to start pushing past that. And the craziest thing that I've seen is the confidence that 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 stuff builds. While it seems scary at first, you 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 create this confidence when you continuously attack these uncomfortable zones, and and it really does translate to other areas of your life. And then for me, and I'd love to hear your your perspective on this. Maybe everyone's not like this, but it's honestly created a craving where I, I kind of desire it, and I because I see the, I, I see all the benefits that come out on the other side of it. So. Whether it's being more organized, whether it's you know trying to be discomfort like find discomfort or challenge in your fitness, those things have been really really pivotal for me in, in all areas of my life.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, that's classical conditioning, right? It's how we train dogs. I have a like the dog doesn't want to sit there and do exactly what I tell them to do, but they know if they do it, they're going to get the treat. You know what I mean? And sure. that <clears throat> this is a problem with uh, a broader problem with modern society, not just about business, but about the way we handle ourselves in pretty much every situation. Uh, that is to say, we, there's, there's two parts of this. One, we've completely broken the association between effort and outcome, right? Like we, instead of, instead of performing the effort and hoping for the best outcome because of it, which is a reasonable thing to do, we expect a particular outcome Regardless of whatever we put into it, that's fucking stupid, right? That'll never work. Um, and the other part of that is we've sacrificed serotonin for dopamine in a lot of ways. Serotonin is the long burning uh, version, right? That's a little bit better for your brain. You know, dopamine is death scrolling on your phone, hoping to find a little hit here and there. It's it's drug addiction. It's the same. It's the same thing that's been going on with addiction since the beginning of humanity. And we've confused the two, right? Because they feel very similar. Um, Dove means quite a bit stronger and it's easier to achieve, right? And I think we've, we've to your point from before about weak-minded stuff, we have begun to trend that way over the past couple of decades where, you know, we, we did used to seek out doing hard things um, because we knew what the outcome was going to be, probably, right? Like we knew we were going to work hard because we're going to buy a house, we're going to buy you know, provide for our family, whatever, go on vacation, whatever it is you wanted to do. Um, but at some point, and I don't know exactly when it happened. Um, but my generation and yours, especially people started expecting a certain outcome. And that is, uh, man, that's just ludicrous. I don't know why that put, I I would really love this. This is one of the reasons I like the idea of, um, some kind of service requirement to graduate high school or college or something. Instead of learning, instead of pretending to learn Spanish for two years, which none of us remember (laughs) any of that shit from high school, make people go like spend, spend that what six hours a week doing volunteer work or something like that. There's so many better ways to use that time than having somebody pretend to learn Spanish just so they can pass a test and graduate high school. I think it's always been stupid. Uh, to your other point about confidence, uh, real confidence is experience right like the reason that i know i can do something is because i've done it before that's how that's that's real confidence anything else is bravado and there's a place for that sometimes sometimes you got to take a leap of faith you know but actual confidence is not it's not guesswork you know what i mean It, it is like i've done this before or i've done something similar and i know i can do it now and not only do I know I can do it? I know that you can do it, too, because you and I are composed generally uh, the same. So follow me. And that's that's how confidence spreads psychologically. You know what I mean? It's it's like a it's almost like a virus. All psych- psychology is like a virus. If you have a defeatist attitude, you mentioned before this uh, hypothetical player with good skill set, but no work ethic. That shit will spread like wildfire. You got to get that guy out of there.
0: Yeah, for sure. dude I I couldn't agree more about what you said about confidence because that's even something I dealt with in my college career is that you know I was my role was make open threes and play defense and like that was that was my college role shoot shoot threes play defense and when you step up and you get the ball the ball gets swung in the corner you you have a split second decision to, to get that shot off and you're like man Am I gonna make this shot? You have to have the confidence to know it's going in, but that doesn't start in that moment. That starts in hours and hours and hours of making hundreds and hundreds of shots and shots in that same spot on that same court when the gym's completely empty and no one's in there. And I think that's the same thing that goes for any skill and craft, any business, anything you're trying to start in life, are you willing to put the time in? Are you willing to put the reps in? Are you willing to figure out how to do it? You know, you might not have all the answers, but are you willing to put that time in to learn? And that's what's gonna breed confidence all the people that say, Oh, I can just turn it on. And to your point, I I think there is some element of like, you know, kind of tricking yourself mentally and, you know, being optimistic. I think all this stuff's really cool, but if you're not building on a foundation of work, that stuff is just like an extra multiplier. Like you got to have a foundation to build that off of. Otherwise you're building on some very unstable surface. And so that to me has always been my, you know, I've always been predicated on hard work and that's, what's, you know, got me here. Obviously I'm not where I want to be. I want to keep growing, keep evolving, but I know that that's an equation that works. It's just like how hard can you hit that equation?
1: Mm. Yeah, nobody can take that away from you either. Um, people can you people can fire you; they can uh, uh, not hire you in the first place. They can do all sorts of stuff to interrupt your progress in business or in whatever you know whatever it happens to be. But they can never stop you from working harder. You know what I mean? That that's the one thing that that literally is the one thing that you can control, and it, it is it goes back to the idea that attitude and effort are the only things that are truly under your control. Um, but you know, ironically, they're the most, the two most important things. Like there's not, if you could you be naturally talented, you can get lucky. Uh, and that will certainly give you a boost, but, um, you know, people that are people that don't back that up with hard work typically don't stick around too long.
0: Agreed. hundred percent. I can only take you so far. That's why, uh, Kevin Durant, it's a famous quote. It's, I mean, it's a little cliche, but it's true. It's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, you know, Kevin Durant's someone who's extremely gifted and incredible athlete, but dude works, like dude puts the time and he's one of the most skilled basketball players on the planet. And that's not from waking up. He obviously has a lot of natural ability, but man, that dude puts work in. you can see that. And I think it's the same premise that, you know, we have to live by. If you, if you want to be great, if you, if you want to settle and be average, you know, do whatever you want. But like, if you're really trying to separate yourself and live the best life you can and not only selfishly get better for yourself but make an impact around the people that you affect then you got to really take that into consideration.
1: Yeah, it's a damn shame to watch people with a lot of uh natural talent not not develop and use it. You know what I mean? It kind of sucks to be honest. Um for but sure. it is what it is. Um so what do you got uh moving forward? What kind of business stuff are you working on right now?
0: Yeah, right now, you know, Two big focuses of mine are, are scaling and, and you know, building the community side of the supplement company. We we entered the market with a, dr- a dream and a vision to really build a, a community attached to our product line. Our product is incredible. We have a all natural, no CBD or melatonin recovery, cocoa mix, it helps with gut health, immune system, all these different benefits. But we really wanted to build, we wanted to, we wanted to create a product that's incredible, but really come to market with a, with a heart to, to build a community around getting 1% better. And that's what our, our company stands for. So I have a huge focus on, on that company. And then also how can we grow ambition in mind? How can we touch more lives? Is it through community um, events? Is it through having different leaders in different cities that are, you know, kind of being our, an extension of our team? You know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time right now, kind of in those two areas, trying to grow and develop, community and and really help as many people as possible
1: and what what is it when you say help as many people as possible what does it look like for you to help somebody like what what would let's say you have a particular case uh what would make you feel like you've helped that person
0: i think i think everyone's in a different everyone's in a different situation um you know where they are currently i think one thing that i've been trying to be super consistent on is i'm a big believer in positive energy and, and the attractiveness of what that can do, but also the the implication of, of one small gesture, just even a little bit of positive energy and how far that can go. And I think my thing of how I want to help people is, is sharing that positive energy, touching people, you know, depending on what their needs are, trying to meet those needs. And if that's just, you know, a positive influence in their life, it's, it's so crazy to, to think of how many people just need to be a little, just a little bit of encouragement just to maybe it's, you know, they're in a, they're in a position where they don't have a ton of self-confidence or a ton of um, driver motivation. It's like, how can I give that person just a tiny bit of encouragement just to get them started to your point, just a little bit of that momentum. Mm. And then hopefully with the right leadership, the right community around them, they can continue to that momentum and then they can go out and have that same effect with others. And so that's been my biggest, my biggest focus right now is how can we, with the different platforms we have and it's all very similar messaging. It's, it's keeping your ambition. It's, getting 1% better, how can we affect and get that, get those seeds planted to as many people as possible to then spur on more action from them that will go reach others. And so that's kind of what I was, I would deem as successful if if we can get more people to take action and uh, try to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I like to say that when we all do better, we all do better. You know what I mean? It is, uh, it is, there, there is plenty of competition out there, but, success in and of itself is not competitive you know it's it, it mostly breeds other success usually that's what happens unless people are assholes. so um i love that yeah so uh look this has been a really good conversation uh but we got to get out of here so tell everybody where they can find you where they can find your business where they can find your podcast and all that stuff
0: yeah well first off i just want to thank you for what you're doing mm-hmm. um you know you taking the time out of your day to have these kind of conversations and to put this content out and uh and thank you for your services. Well, sure. I just I really appreciate what you do and um super grateful for to have this opportunity to mm-hmm. to meet you and come on the podcast. But anyone can find me on social at Doug Elks is my uh, is my handle on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything. And then my business is at Kaizos, K-A-I-Z-O-S, and then the AIM podcast, A-I-M underscore podcast. We're on Apple Spotify and, and our message is is I think pretty similar to what you guys do here and it's just to help people it's to inspire people it's to create leaders it's to get people out of their comfort zones and it's to truly maximize your
1: potential because there's so much value in that yeah it's a good message uh you guys uh do audio only or is there video as well
0: we do both yeah we do both 90 over 90 percent of our episodes have been strictly done through zoom and so we'll put that on youtube we've done a few in-person podcasts i'd love to i'd love to get to to do more in-person ones but yeah we do audio and zooms so or apple spotify
1: and youtube cool well, you guys go check out the AM podcast, go check out his other businesses, check out his personal story. It's a good one. Uh, and thanks for coming today, man. I appreciate it.
0: Dude. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. I appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight, man. It's awesome.
1: Thanks, man. And, uh, thank you all for listening. to This has been citizen. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.